0: Salzburg, along with my buddy, four-time, I should say two-time former Super Bowl champion David Deal, the lovely Mackenzie Ingram across the way at the controls, and always you there out there uh, giving us a call here at Big Blue Kickoff Live, brought to you by Coors Light on Giants.com. The number, as always, is 201-935-4513, and uh, Mr. Deal, the business at hand You know, is certainly a very formidable squad in the Minnesota Vikings.
1: No question. I mean, to to sit here and look at this football team, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, this is going to be a real test and a challenge for Daniel Jones in this offense. Granted, it's very nice having Golden Tate come back after the suspension and being available for this game and to add him into the mix of it. But I really, for this game, I put the onus on the offensive line because when you look at Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, That is not only the strength of their defense, but that's the strength of their team. And when you look over seven of the last eight games, the defense has not allowed a passer to throw for over 250 yards and figure they held that Chicago Bears offense to 269 total yards of offense last week. It was just the offensive side of the ball that really couldn't keep them in the football game. So when you look at that and when you look at this matchup coming up, it's going to be imperative for the offensive line to make sure that they stay on cue on first and second downs because this is the last group you want third and longs against.
0: Well, I would concur with you uh, on, you know, it's a big test for the offense and the offensive line. But I would say also on the flip side of that, Dave, uh, I think you'll agree with me that it's almost as big a test for this young defense, yeah. especially the secondary with guys like Thielen and Biggs. And, and yeah. I mean, that's, a, you know, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. That's I, a formidable task. I mean,
1: obviously going into this last game and watching the Bears game, the whole thing for the Bears were we are going to do whatever we can to not let Dalvin Cook get going on the ground because when they've had success, he's rushed for over 100 yards and it's been able to allow them to spread out the offense. But coming into this week, you know that that's going to be the onus. We've heard from Coach Zimmer going back to two years ago about running the football. But when you have Adam Thielen call out his quarterback after the game like he did on Sunday, and then yesterday for Kirk Cousins to go on a radio show and say it's my apology to him and to the rest of the offense because there were open opportunities that I didn't capitalize on you know they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder and they're going to come and try to throw the football to Diggs, steelan and Kyle Rudolph, who really haven't been in the mix in this offense. Uh,
0: before we, again, open up the phone lines, folks, and again, it's 201-939-4513. Uh, Bit of interesting information, I think, for everybody out there uh, at practice today. Saquon. Saquon. I see a big
1: smile. I knew right where you were going well, with it.
0: Well, I mean, Saquon was running And uh, he was, you know, he wasn't in pads or anything, but he was running. He was running pretty darn good. He was cutting. Doing some cuts. Uh, Listen, you know, it was very funny. Then afterwards, when uh, Coach uh, Shermer addressed the media, people were asking, well, did you expect this? And, you know, obviously the coach is not going to tip his hand. He says, well, your doctors were the ones that said eight weeks. Well, is it going to be less than that? Are you prepared? No, I'm not prepared to say anything. Well, It's just a wait and see, but he's progressing very nicely. It
1: is. I mean, for him to see that him out there doing those things, I mean, that, that's a great sign for everybody, not only for the fans out there, but for this organization and this football team, for him to be making the strides physically to where you know that, okay, we're not going to rush the process because it is a high ankle sprain, but for him to be out there jogging and doing the cutting, I mean, that's a bright sign for the future of this 2019 season because I will give all the credit in the world to the way that Wayne Gallman played this last game Um, over 100 yards from scrimmage not only running the football effectively but in the passing game and not trying to do anything outside of himself you and I both spoke last week don't try to do things that Saquon Barkley do do the things that make you effective in football games and those showed up in this game
0: yeah and you know it's funny I I just just before I came in here I just sat down with Wayne because we're doing something with him for our Uh, this weekend's pregame show, uh, and he really, you know, I had said to him, you know, Coach Shermer said prior to the game that all Wayne needs to be is be himself, and so I said, Wayne, what exactly is being yourself mean? He says, it just means being me, not trying to do, as you say, something that is not me. I had, it's not just physically, but mentally. I had yeah. to get myself in the right frame of mind. He really exemplifies, folks, what a team player is supposed to be. And I, I asked him if that's the way it is in general in the locker room. He says, yeah, it's gotten there. It's, it's a whole new regime. This and, and
1: he's made drastic improvements since the time that he got drafted, running with his pads much lower, not taking those big hits that he took at Clemson, making sure that he protects the football. And like we talked about last week, his ability in pass protection was something that was a dramatic change for the better from the time he got here until now.
0: Yeah, you know, you mentioned him at Clemson. I mean, he he was – listen, folks, he wasn't picked second overall like Saquon. And I'm not comparing him to Saquon. But you also think got to think about the mindset of, a, of an athlete, the competitiveness. Here's a guy who was drafted in the fourth round uh, in 2017 out of Clemson. Yep. We're talking about – he was – one of the most decorated and productive running backs to come out of Clemson yeah, in, yeah. in Clemson history. So all of a sudden he finds himself really sitting in the back seat watching Saquon after his first year, you know, he knows they drafted him and he he expressed to me that once that happened, he had to get his mind right. He he not stop being competitive. He's always been the guy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that it
1: takes adjustment to when you do have the number two overall pick in front of you in Saquon Barkley. But, you know, the thing that you love, and even though it's the cliche about trusting the process he trusted the process and that's why he has had the success when he's gotten the opportunities just like this past sunday all
0: right let's open up the phone lines 201-939-4513 but before we do uh let's just remind everybody that big blue kickoff live here brought to you by Coors light uh if you want to enter the win the ultimate vip game day experience courtesy of what else but Coors light well then you have to text vip to 90464 that's 90464 for more details and now we're going to open up the phone lines Beautiful. with Rick in Tampa. Hello, Rick. You're on with hey. Russ and David. What's up, gentlemen?
2: How are you? How, yep. How we doing? Good nice to talk to you again. How are you today? Good. We're doing um, great. Two two things. One is um, regarding our linebacker situation. Now, I've, I've been promoting Connolly since on the show
3: since
2: yeah. the beginning of the season, and and he was. I mean, if you look at the Giants' defense from the second half of Tampa up till, the, to, till now, with him actually doing a lot of play calling last week, and uh, the way they played, especially, gosh, when you see uh, and them put 50, uh, 50 uh, points on uh, the Rams, great defense, uh, but either way, to see him actually coming to his own like we wanted him and thought he could do, and now he's not going to be there. And I know he's just a rookie, but I, I, uh, who is going to be this the play caller? Who's going to step it up Because the guys that have done it before, we were not successful with. So we were 0-2 with them, and we were, were, were good with them last year. So my concern is who's going to step up for the linebacking, and are you concerned about that? Because I think he filled the role perfectly, and now he's not there, especially when you have Cook coming out, uh, out of the backfield and everything. And Minnesota had two great wide receivers and a good tight end. It's going to be very important. So that's my first uh, question. Thoughts on that? I have one more after that. You
1: know, obviously it was difficult. You know, I spoke about Ryan Connolly last week uh, before this Washington game about how well he played in Tampa, and that's one of the things that obviously moving forward is. We'll have to see about Ogletree and his hamstring, where he's at. They brought in David Mayo, who was in Carolina, right. with uh, Dave Gettleman, who is a fast running linebacker that knows this system. And then they brought up, uh, who they bring up? Tafu- uh, what's it? Uh, how do you say it?
0: Josiah
1: T- Tafua. T- Tawafua. Tafua. Tafua, Tawafua. Tafua, yeah. So they brought We're him We're going to call him JT squad. from now on. Uh, but, I mean, it is. It's a difficult loss losing Ryan Conley. But hopefully Ogletree will come back healthy. And David Mayo, with it, who just filled in for him in this past game, can step up and can do some of it as well. But that's okay. in no way, shape, or form. Is that not talking about how well Ryan Conley was playing and what
0: type of season yeah, he
1: could have had as a yeah. fifth-rounder? Yeah, you, you, so, you
0: know what, Rick? He, he's, yeah, it, it's a tremendous loss. Uh, because he he, he was, he's a young guy on the come, if you will. You you can see right. things were happening, but I really uh, not to sound cliches because we've been hearing it from day one with with this team. But it really is, especially in professional next football. Man. The more I've been covering it, and I've been doing it for 35 years, it's next man up. Yeah. You have yeah. to have that mentality. The the best thing about the Giants locker room right now, and it's better than I've ever seen in this regard. There's no "woe is me" at all. No. I mean, this past week, mm-hmm. you think about going into the past game, this last game, there was no Saquon, and there was nobody talking about it. No, it was mm-hmm. Gallman is in, Jones is the quarterback. Let's go get him. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. it. And that's you know, it's it's maybe easier said than done, but that's the attitude you have to take. Right. If you right. start yeah. if, if you start with "woe me," you're dead before you take the field. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and and I agree because if if they could somehow come out with a a win against Minnesota, boy, would that be something for uh, to go with the season. The other question, well, comment, I guess, it's regarding Saquon Barkley's high ankle. Now, uh, I don't know, David, if you've had that before, and and I know that it is a very tough injury to come back from. I know that guys have come back too soon and have uh, got hurt or even worse because of that. Uh, are any concern? I mean, hey, listen, I know Saquon wants to come back. I know he's a great athlete. The dude is, 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 is a rock. But are any concern that he's coming back too soon? or well, is, We, we don't know that he's coming or, back. Yeah. But,
0: but, Rick, you're jumping the gun. I just said that he's running well today, which was an encouraging. That doesn't mean he's coming back. Yeah. That that, no, that, no, that know, means he's, that he's progressing. Running,
2: encouraging is, is probably two weeks ahead of schedule. So, I mean, it's a good thing if he is. But is it any concern? I mean, to the six to eight weeks now? maybe less? No, I, mean, no, I,
1: I, I know, know the thing is is they're going to take it day by day week by week and the one thing is is it's encouraging when you do have a player that wants to get out there and is itching for it but the one thing oh, yeah. I will say is is Ronnie Barnes, the head athletic trainer who was a head athletic trainer for since probably 1970 something and has been here forever he always cares more about the player than about the product on the field and he won't clear him until he knows that he's going to be physically okay and ready to go and not re-injure him
2: Okay, and because you at the end of five, nine games by the time the bye comes, I was thinking of coming back after the bye. I was happy with that because if we could be four or five or five and four at the bye when when Barkley would, I thought, would come back, it, are they out of it at four and five or five and four? Rick, NXT- Rick,
0: listen, buddy, and thank you for the call. I'm going to tell you, you, you know, D- David and I were talking about this last week. It's and, one
1: week at a time, and you and, can't and, start and, the guessing game.
0: And I'm not going to change that. Listen. I want the Giants to win. I want them to win every week. And and they are up against it this week. I don't think them winning is is certainly not out of the question. But here's the deal. I'm not going to change. If they went ahead and won this week, and I hope God's listening, and they win on the following Thursday night in New England, okay? If they won those two games, you know what? I wouldn't change my mind. This season... You measured this season not by the W's. You measured this season by their progress with each game.
1: Yeah. I mean, and to sit here and to jump weeks in advance, you never know how the NFL is going to turn out. This is a week-to-week thing. And as they always say, it is a marathon, not a sprint. So you only can take one game at a time. Granted, it would be great to have them come back after that week 11 bye, but to sit here and start picking wins, losses – I'm not sure I can do that yet because I want to see where the health of this football
0: team is at that point. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Let's Big see, Ed. Big Ed, well, from Big Dave, we're going to go to Big Ed in Maryland. Big Ed, how we doing?
4: Hey, how you guys doing? Is that right? Am I hearing this correctly? We got King David and the Mister Russell's bird,
0: the one and only. This is every Wednesday. And you also got Miss McKenzie.
4: Yeah. Oh, cool. Hey, look, I have to say this. Mr. Russ, Master Mm Russ, I'm calling you Master Russ because you've been a big inspiration for me since way back when the Mets won the World Series in 86. You have just been cool, 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 man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you very much,
0: Big Ed. What can we do for you today?
4: (laughs) Yeah, man. It's these next two games. These next two games, man, these, these guys, man, it's no if. We're going to win them both.
0: Well, but, but Big Ed. Let, let, I'm
4: going to tell you why we're going to win them both. We give it to us. Give, big he's big. confident that we're supposed to win every single thing for the rest of the season. And anybody thinks anything different of that, they got a problem with Big Ed and the Big Blue. I'm telling you, that's where we're headed. That's what we're going to do. I already, predict, I already predicted we going fourteen and two, but I wasn't supposed to say nothing to nobody. You, 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 <laughs> you, you,
0: you predicted we were going fourteen and two?
4: Yeah, we going fourteen and two, man.
0: All right, Big ass. I like it. We, if
4: we go in there with the moxie, I'm telling you, y'all you talk to Danny. If y'all talk to Danny Jones today, that dookie he is. Oh my gosh, See, I'm sorry, he's dooky, and that's uh, but I, I can deal with it though because he's doing it right. You know, we going. He gonna get the mistakes fixed. Don't worry about that. That's okay, rookie stuff. <laughs>
0: All right, Big Ed.
4: All we have to do is keep having the confidence that this guy is going to actually do it. Well, Big Ed, let me offer. Reminds me of with that arm
0: But Big Ed, let me just offer a tiny bit of advice. Rather than worry about the next two games, just worry about this Minnesota, game coming yeah. up against Minnesota. Big Ed, all right. You, you can't win the next two before you win the next one. That's the way it goes.
1: His glass is, isn't half full. It's overflowing yeah, no, right no, now. No. I love the optimism. He, no,
0: he, he needed to go get a big tub because that's how big that glass is. It's overflowing. All right, Big Ed. Thanks, Big Ed. That was priceless. He, he's, he's
1: rolling right he now. Predicted he predicted 14 into and it. 2. 14 and 2. I mean, we'd love that. Don't get us wrong. But once again, you got to take it one, one week at a time, one game at a time. And this is going to be a great challenge for the, not like we said, not only the Giants football team. But for Daniel Jones, I mean, we know what type of coordinator uh, on the defensive side of the ball Mike Zimmer is. He's had success up against young rookie quarterbacks. And you know that on the back end, this is a defense that does a diverse amount of things. They'll go zone, they'll go man, they'll go half man, half zone. They'll do a lot of different things schematically to try to confuse just that split second by the offense and by a coordinator or uh, a quarterback Because we know that this is a game that if you are not reacting and you're thinking, that split second can cost you everything.
0: You know, we're talking about Saquon, because obviously, you know, when people are going to hear that he was out running today, everybody's... Right away, yeah, Rick got right into it. But, uh, you know, I've always viewed injuries this way, and that's why I never like listening when people call up and say, well, they spoke to this doctor or they spoke to that doctor. It's a case-by-case basis. Don't tell me about David Deal's ankle unless you examine David Deal's ankle. And I, you know what? My greatest example of that is, David, I'm going to digress here for a second. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Bert, Bert. Dennis Bird yeah. for the Giant, uh, for the Jets years ago. When Dennis Bird was, uh, you know, had that bad accident on the field, and everybody was saying he was going to be a quadriplegic and wouldn't be able to walk again. And, and it would be wonderful if he'd be able to hold his new yeah, child his new in child, his arm. Yeah. And you know what? I bet you I had five doctors call me up. I'm not exaggerating. I had five different doctors call me up, Russ. You know, Mr. Salzburg, I'm telling you, you, you know, he this guy's never going to walk again. I mean, this is it. This is it. Well, you know what? He did. Not only did he hold his child, he walked again. And he walked again without a cane. He, you know, don't tell me what is your situation yeah. unless they examined you.
1: Ryan Shazier, two years ago. Okay. We we're saying the same, same exact same thing. thing. And you see him walking on the field pregame before this Monday night football game. And there are different grades to the injury. There's grade one, grade two, grade three. And unless you physically look at it yourself and know the diagnosis, you have no clue of the timetable it takes to be healthy for somebody else.
0: No, It's it's also the same thing. Uh, I never judge if a guy can't come back when sometimes somebody will will get a label, they're soft. I don't know what somebody's situation is. I don't know that, nor does anybody else. I remember also in baseball some years ago, David, and we'll get right back to uh, the calls, but uh, if, if you remember, um, now I'm drawing a blank on his this. Uh, J.R. Richard. Yeah. J.R. Richard, pitcher for the Houston Astros. Everybody was saying he was a dog. He was upset because Nolan Ryan was making more money and, and, and this and that. He was a dog. Well, you know what happened to that dog? He ended up having a blood clot in his neck, had a stroke on the field. Yeah and had a 16-hour operation to save his life. And after that, and I wasn't in the business then, but after that I said, you don't question what somebody's situation is. You unless don't you know. don't know, yeah. Yeah. You, you just don't know. 201-939-4513. All right, David, let's go down to uh, Naples, Florida and check in with Frank. Hello, Frank, you're on with Russ and David Deal. <laughs>
5: Hi, I've been a long-time Giants fan since uh, they used to play at uh, Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And the question I have for David Deal, first of all, we uh, uh, have formed a club. But anyhow, uh, what do you think the Giants defense is going to be?
1: In which regard?
5: In regard of this week's game.
1: Well, obviously, the one thing that you love is the adjustment they made from the Tampa Bay game in the second half, and they did last week, running a lot more zone than man, so the communication's there, everybody knows their role, and the thing that you love about last week was opportunistic with turnovers. When you get those thrown at you, you've got to capitalize on them, and the Peppers touchdown was a huge momentum piece in that. Coming into this football game, you know that the Minnesota Vikings are going to try to establish a run game to make sure that they run a manageable offense for Kirk Cousins. We know that Kirk Cousins is so much better when he hits three, five, seven steps, and that ball is out of his hands based upon play action. But having said that, you know that they're going to take shots downfield with Diggs and with Thielen because of the amount of attention and amount of criticism they've gotten over these last two weeks. They seem
5: they always get beat on that deep pad though.
0: Well, I I mean if you're talking about the first couple of games, I'd say yeah. Yeah. But things have been corrected in that second half and last week. Yeah. Thanks for the call Frank, appreciate it my friend.
1: And and granted there's there's more talent on this side of the ball for the Minnesota Vikings when you're looking at the wide receiver group and the skill position group. But even having said that, it's about alignment and assignment and everybody communicating with one another. And that looks so much clearer in this Washington game than it has all season.
0: I, you know, I think we also, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't offer congratulations to Jack Rabbit. Oh, yeah. I mean, getting, a, yeah. getting you know, player of the week, defensive yeah. player. Uh, listen, that says something. With uh, Paulie Dotson and I were talking about it yesterday. It, it's And you certainly, being a former player, can appreciate it. It says something about a guy who has a lousy game, gets beat up, and then comes back the next week, doesn't have a good game, is player of the week.
1: Yeah, I've said that, you know, obviously as a football player you can't have it, but when you're an offensive tackler or a cornerback, you can't have a conscience. You have to learn from the last game and let it go because if you don't, then it's like quicksand pulling you in. Listen, this is a man's game. The other guys on the other side of the ball get paid millions of dollars too to do what they do because they're the best at what they do. But you can't let one game roll into the next, roll into the next. And when you have a veteran like that that stands up, makes the improvements necessary, and comes out and is the defensive
0: player of the week, it's rightfully so earned. It's okay. I think you'd agree with this, Dave. It's okay for fans and the media, whether it's right or wrong. It's okay for them to not give in you, you know yeah. to, to not let anything go but a player in any sport if you can't let it go in any sport you're dead think
1: about it, a baseball player trying to hit the, the
0: at ball. back to yeah. what back
1: yeah yeah it's the same difference i was embarrassed
0: to last at bat i'm gonna get up the next one maybe try you know straighten it out then all's well i mean you, you gotta be able to let things go let's go to uh jason in connecticut hello jason you're on with russ and dave
6: uh, how you guys doing today? Good, doing how you great, doing, Jason?
0: Dave, Dave. excuse me, Jason. Right. I just Jason. want
6: to say two things. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. I just want to say uh, it's a pleasure talking to David. Uh, I've been a Giants fan since, like, I don't know, early 90s, and your ability to play guard and tackle in those Super Bowl runs was, was awesome. And always a tough guy, never complained, and uh, I just want to say it's a pleasure talking to you.
1: Appreciate it, Jason.
6: Yeah, so uh, just two things. Um, I want to know what your opinion on – these two players, with the lack of uh, inside linebackers we have right now with the injuries, um, do you see Peppers playing more as a pseudo-linebacker in a nickel formation, and do you see them putting Lorenzo Carter in the middle um, since we picked up that uh, – I think we picked up a pass rusher from the from the Chargers. I forgot his name. P- a piece. Peace. Peace, yes. yes peace. No, um, I you peace. know
1: – you look at it, Lorenzo Carter's an edge player. That's what he's played his yeah. entire career going back to his time in college. It's his strength. It's his strength and it's his ability, and that's all he's learned in this 3-4 system. So to try to now convert him to an inside guy, that's not – who he is as a football player. So no, I, I wouldn't say that in regards to Peppers coming down and being more of a box almost nickel linebacker if they if they're going a, a lot of three wides for the, the Minnesota Vikings. That's definitely a possibility because that's one thing that you love about him is his versatility to add the, the strength into run support, but also to be able to run with coverage.
6: All right, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Uh just one more question, and I'll take it off the air. Um the last four games, especially the last two games, um, I know in the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay game, uh, Barrett gave our offensive line, especially with so a lot of uh, a lot of trouble, which he's been doing to everybody apparently. So, um, but I do want to speak on the O line. Just if if David or or whoever want to talk about the O line, just just a difference. It looks like we have a real professional O line, and this is not a knock to the O lines we've had the last two or three years. But as we all know, the O-line, the last two, three years.
0: um, Well, you can knock it, Jason. That's okay because it is much improved. (laughs) No, I I mean, you're
6: speaking the truth. You're
0: talking to a former offensive lineman. He's going to tell you the same thing. It
1: really is. And and the thing about it that you love is that they can make the in-game adjustments that are needed, whether it's a protection, whether it's a, a different way that they're playing philosophically on defense. Each week, you're going to be tested with something different. And the one thing that you like and you love seeing out of this offensive line, they may make a mistake, but you don't see them make that same mistake twice. And that's like I said earlier in this game up against the Minnesota Vikings, that's where the strength of this team has to show up through the offensive line because the strength of the entire Vikings team is that defensive line by being able to penetrate, get into the backfield, stop runs, and then being able to pin their ears back with the rotation of players to get those sacks
6: good good all right thanks fellas and one more thing uh Everybody go loves off one more. Me, but this this one is for russ uh i want to say i'm am uh, gonna take you back down memory lane i wanted to say uh you definitely held your own in that interview with mike tyson <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're going, <laughs> you going back you're
0: about memory talk lane. lane you're going back to 1996
6: yeah i just want to say you held your own against a uh, a very fierce dude and uh I uh, just want to say you did a good job. Man. Thank so, you, buddy. Thanks, <laughs> I
1: appreciate it's it, Jason. It's not like you remember the year of when it happened or anything. C- c- <laughs> no, you want to know? You, you know I've it, seen it before. It, I it remember. Be, it was
0: before the Francois-Bolter yeah, fight. I remember. Uh, no, yeah. no. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was yes, before both the francois Botha yeah. fight. That, that's what it was. So, uh, yeah, I get a lot, of play. <laughs> a lot of play on that gets a lot of play on youtube as well let's uh 201-939-4513 is the number again got to remind everybody big blue kickoff live brought to you by Coors light if you want to enter the win the ultimate vip game day experience courtesy of course light you got to text vip to 90464 that is 90464 for more details let's now dave go down to columbia maryland and check in with our buddy len hello len how are we doing today
7: Hey, doing great, guys. Doing
1: great. Good. I'd love we, to hear we, the spunk
0: in Len's voice. Yeah. Look
1: at—he's got some gusto coming
0: you, you, in. You got a little more Getty up in your step with two wins uh, under your belt.
7: There you go. We've won two in a row. We won a division game at home. Yeah. Uh, rolling along, um, and got another home game this week. Crowd's going to be pumped. Players should be pumped up. But it's you know things are things are looking good. Um, hey, just just, an, uh, just just an idea that I have here. Um, Sometimes I think it's almost as important where you play a team and when you play a team as it is who you're playing. Now, no no doubt the Vikings have a lot of talent on that team, both sides of the ball and um, are, you know, are going to be threatening for a playoff spot, no question about that. But, you know, they're not playing at top efficiency right now. No. I mean, when you have players apologizing to one another on the radio, you know, something's going on. I'm not saying they're reeling. I'm just saying they're not quite. Um, There's a little
1: bit of doubt, Len.
7: Yeah, yeah, playing, yeah. you know, it's productive. And they're not as good on the road. Over the years, they have not been as good on the road um as as they have been at home and uh so i think we i think we're catching them at a good time
0: well you yeah. know you know what len i would i would agree with you on that but it's not even so much you say that not as good on the road and and listen they're going to be very tough here oh, yeah. over at, at metlife but I, yeah. I i would say this the giants from a giants perspective and that's what you can control the giants are in a good frame of mind yeah. they just won two in a row and yeah they're going to have their second game in a row at home. So I think from a Giant perspective, we're getting any opponent at the right time. And to go along (laughs)
1: with what you said, Len, is one of the things that they do very well at home, which aids the defense, is the crowd noise and the ability within the last 5 to 10 seconds completely stem or make a different adjustment on the defensive side of the ball when the offense is trying to communicate. They don't have that as well as they do on the road, and that's a big factor in this game.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for pointing that out, yep. David. Uh, one, one, other, one other quick point. You know, we, if you look at the offensive line, and Dave, you, you've probably looked at it already. Uh, you know, rookie center, uh, left guard, uh, I think coming off a concussion. Yeah. Um, the backup there is another rookie. Um, you, you know, I don't feel real strong about their outside guys. They're, you know, they're two tackles. Um, so you know, defensively, I think we can handle ourselves. Particularly the front three. I think Tomlinson and Lawrence will give that rookie at center Bradbury, who's going to be a good player, but I don't think he's there yet, David. I think he's going to, you know, and again, this is feeding into the when we're playing him. Um, I think that I think that's going to work out well. Let me let me ask you one one question about the blocking tight end. It, it just seems to me that. W- We've got to get better blocking out of that position for our run game to really hum along. I, and I, I think concur. we're going to need the run game. Well, you always need the run game. But yeah. I think we're going to need the run game a little bit this week, you know, to loosen things up for Daniel. And t- talk to me a little bit about the importance of that blocking
1: Oh, it, it's huge idea. because you want to t- test the edges of the defense. And one of the biggest things that you always talk about when you're running to the perimeter, a lot of times you call we used to call it a grenade because you have the puller, whether it's the tackler or the guard, but in order for that to be successful, you have to have the pin. You have to have the t- tight end be able to edge the defense either by the defensive end or by the Sam linebacker so that the entire rest of the overflow defense either has to try to cut behind the blocks
0: or over the top, which means at least a three- or four-yard game. You know, Len, I-, I heard Evan Ingram say last week that uh, you know somebody asked him about yeah. the improvement in his blocking in his game. And... and- The questioner asked, you know, what do you uh, uh, attest that to? And he just pointed up to the locker next to him the nameplate
1: ellison oh yeah and and,
0: and he ingram was emphatic he says as far as i'm concerned he's the best blocking tight end in the league
1: he is he is definitely one of the best blocking tight ends in the league and that's what the reason why the new york giants brought him here from the minnesota vikings so it's going to be huge like you said moving forward here if when you start testing those edges and you start spreading out a defense it opens up more running lanes on the inside and zone plays but like you stated, that's what opens up scenes for Daniel Jones because you have linebackers wide and, and they have don't have the same spacing they want when they're going zone
7: coverages. Okay. Hey, let's go, Giants. Thanks for taking my call. You well, got
0: it, Len. Yeah, you, Len you, came you, in fired up. He's, oh, he's, 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 not, 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 not quite as fired up as uh, Big Ed. No, not, Big Ed was, not, he was ecstatic. Not, not as fired up as Big Ed. You, you know, I always wonder uh, how you view that, Dave. Uh I don't want to call it a dilemma, but you have a guy like Evan Ingram. I mean, he, he, call him a tweener, whatever you want. I mean, he, he's, he's a tight end who's a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, he's just tremendous. Yeah. He's not good. He's great. He really is. I mean, I mean if, if he stays healthy, sky's the limit. But do you, does that, how does that affect the mindset of a team because you're not getting the same? And his blocking has improved. That's not his forte. But that's his forte. not his role. Exactly. That's why Rhett Ellison is here is because right. of
1: his blocking. And then you can use Evan Ingram and in ways to manipulate the defense by his versatility and lining him up in other places. Yes, he gets the job done when you need him to, but he's way more effective in the passing game, and that's why he's here running a 4 4 and why Rhett Ellison is the primary blocking tight end. So you don't get frustrated at all with that because you know the role of each player.
0: You know, I, I I said this last week, and it was going into the the, the game that we they just finished with uh, the, the Redskins game, but I've never seen a guy. I guess I shouldn't say I've never seen, but. When he takes a ball, catches a ball, and and turns a corner or, or down a sideline, his acceleration—he looks, he looks like he was shot out of the starting block. Yeah, and, I mean, and, look and, at and that a, run in right. Tampa Bay. There was there was
1: a corners and safeties closing on him, and they couldn't get to him. I mean, God, yeah. he picks—he looks Steve. like a wide receiver, he, and he's, he's got, got
0: long strides. He really, really does, and he's also playing with a great deal of confidence right now. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, and rightfully so. Figure. You know, his rookie season had the case of the drops, but still had production. His second year was postponed due to his hamstring injury, and he didn't really eclipse and start hitting his peak until the end of the season because you have to have confidence in the timing, the precision, and the pace of the offense. And now this year... So he's put both of those two things together. Knock on wood, he's been tremendously healthy, and we're seeing why he was worth that number one overall pick by the New York Giants.
0: So let me ask you this question: uh, you, you know the first uh, Super Bowl that you won, um, as and you know, you and I have brought this up before. It's very similar to what happened at the beginning of this season. Yeah, defense got clunked the first two games; they gave up. 80, over 80, 80 points. points and over in, 900 in, yards of offense In the third game, that you were losing in Washington, 17-3 in the yep. half. You ended up winning 24-17. They get clunked. This edition, 2019, get gets clunked, embarrassed the first two games. They look lousy. halftime. time at 28 end adjustments. Yep. Then you win. I am not remotely saying this is a Super Bowl-bound no. team. But – You build. It says a lot about the
1: character when your back's up against the wall and you're looking and staring down 0 3 as your record to start the football season. And it says a lot about the way that they came out that second half, starting with that Evan Ingram 75 yard touchdown and the defense bouncing back and having three straight punts by the Buccaneers offense to give the offense a chance to succeed.
0: You know, you're also talking about punts. I mean, I think the one thing that, you know, getting lost even in the first couple of games when they weren't through a the special team. Yeah, has, has been not good. Special teams for the Giants has really been outstanding.
1: And it's a good thing that you're not talking about them because usually when special teams are brought up, it's usually when there's adversity or something's going wrong. So the fact that there has not been any discussion, we've been punting the ball extremely well. Rosas has been outstanding. He missed uh, one, one, one field goal. One field goal, which we know that it will bounce back from, and he's bounced back from. So when you see that out of the group, the next thing is, is can they get something out of the return game to, in the battle of field position?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, we were talking about special teams. You know, TJ Jones uh, was cut th- this week. And, uh, you know, Coach Shermer said it today. <laughs> he wasn't cut because he muffed a couple of punts. Because Golden Tate's bad. That's, and that's exactly why. Him and fouls we had to make a move. And plus, yeah. in fairness to, to making those personnel moves, like, like Pat Shermer said, we got an issue with linebacker positions. Yeah. We, we got to do some maneuvering.
1: Yeah, I mean that's part of the NFL and that's part of the strategy when you're building your roster not just to start the season but as the season progresses because you might be thin in one area and heavy in the other area depending on what position and have to make adjustments moving forward so that you put your best roster out on the field each and every Sunday.
0: So Let me ask you this, you know, and you've heard, we've said it, you measure measured this team by progress week to week. But, and, and and the but is this: you win this week. Let's say you win this week. Yeah. Uh, then you're three and two. You, you got a monster game coming up four days later in. Uh, quick turnaround. A, a yeah. Quick quick turnaround in New England, but when you start doing that, does the mindset change? I'm not even talking about the coaching the the, the players. I'm talking about the coaching staff. Do you say yeah? Okay, we're we're progressing, but. Now we've got a few W's and you look at the schedule, the, the, uh, the standings, does things kind of alter change in your mind or, or you got to stick with the plan and stay in the moment? You,
1: you stick with the plan and stay in the moment. And as we talked about, you know, the way that we broke it down and a lot of teams break it down, you break it down into four quarters, this first quarter just got done. You go by four games at a piece. So this Minnesota game is the start of the second quarter. And you take those four games in stride going just like you do one at a time. And you go out saying that if you could split or win more than the uh, like, like we did two and two in the first quarter, if you could come out of this one, three and one, two and two against these quality teams. You're winning those battles, and you're, once again, making the progress necessary to put yourself in a great position. This was a big win up against the Washington Redskins. Well, they came in – this is a division win. It doesn't matter how you look at it. You know that they're going to be tough, and you know at the end of the season – that, number one, you can't rely on anybody else to do your business for you to get in the playoffs. You have to do it yourself. And two, that a lot of times these games start being worth a game and a half when you start getting into the comparisons around the league. I,
0: I You don't apologize for who you play and who no, you beat. No, never. Great teams beat teams they're supposed to be. That's exactly Plain right. and simple. I, I mean, I, I didn't hear... Uh... No, the New England Patriots weren't apologizing for beating a beat-up and battered Jets team or, yeah. or a Dolphins team. Yeah, that's, that's you, what you who You play who's on your schedule. And you and don't you play forward.
1: down to their level. You play to your level and play your best
0: football. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting, folks. Listen, you have got some lines open. 201-939-4513 is the number. Again, I'll take the opportunity to remind everybody that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is brought to you by Coors Light. If you want to enter the uh, to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of, who else? Coors Light. And then you have to text VIP to 90464 for more details. Yeah, I, I, you know, you hear kind of the whispers. I, I hear that around. Well, yeah, but, you know, Washington Redskins, they weren't much. Or the, it
1: doesn't matter. It doesn't
0: matter. And, and and listen, that Tampa Bay team, that defense, it, first of it's all. a very good defense. And, and Shaq, look what the, Shaq
1: Barrett is beating up on everybody in the league this look year. Look what the Tampa Bay defense did in Los Angeles up against the Rams this past weekend. Yeah. And they capitalized that game not only by an interception by Shaq Beard, but a sack-force fumble that was recovered by and Sue, and run in for a touchdown. So when you see the way that the Giants team were able to, in the second half, come back and win that football game and to see the type of team that they were on the road up against the Rams, up against an explosive offense, it doesn't matter what the perception is. Film doesn't lie on the production that teams have.
0: Yeah, and, and also look at... They what they put up 55, 55. 55 points on the Rams on the road on the road, and the Jet Gi- the Giants shut them down the second half. When second they played half, them yeah. on the road on the road, yeah. You know, so it, it really, uh, as we were say, excuse me, as we were saying, you play who's on your schedule, and, and you don't take anything for granted. The only thing, never ever, uh, like I don't buy those trap games. No the trap games. Shame on you. Because that means you just took things for granted. Exactly. A shame on you. Let's go down to Florida and check in with, uh, is it Ian or Ian? Yeah. Ian. Ian. Hello, Ian. How are we doing today?
5: Good, good. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Good. You're doing great. Good show. Hey, show. I, I just wanted to comment. Uh, first of all, Giants fans represented down in Tampa a couple of weeks ago. It was awesome. I was there. So glad I went. It was one of the best games I've ever been to.
1: One of my uh, one of my best feelings on the road was winning in 0-7 in that wild card game in Tampa, and seeing all the Giants fans basically take over Tampa Stadium.
5: Absolutely, I remember that vividly. That was so awesome. So I wanted to um, just comment. Uh, I do. We know that there's a lot of uncertainties uh, in the season, but I do know one thing that is for certain, and that is John Dorsey will not be answering any phone calls from uh, Dave Gettleman uh, from here on out because. I just feel like for what we traded away with Vernon and Beckham, and what we received, we have such a, a bright future, and our young guys are getting better and better. And Dexter Lawrence and X-Man and Jabril Peppers replacing Landon, and I just think that you know he was getting land basted with you know there's no plan, there's nothing. What, what's the plan? Well, there's a clear plan, and I just can't say enough how how juiced I am about like what we have going forward and uh, appreciate the show. Great job. And, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, no, but let me ask you a question and, and I'm glad you said what you said, but were yeah. you, were you feeling that way when everybody was jumping on him at the beginning when they were jumping on uh, Dave Gettleman?
5: I do because I'm one of those fans that will defend the giants no matter what they do.
0: So mm-hmm.
5: yeah, I, 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 I love what the, the direction that, and all the decisions that are being made, to be honest with you.
0: Good. I, I mean, li- listen. We both concur with y- you. Yeah, you get no argument from us, Ian, so thank you for the call, my friend. It, uh, you know what? We've said this before. Uh, n- listen, th- there are a lot of picks this year, but the key pick, the legacy of Dave Gettleman will be, does he leave his team with a franchise quarterback? Yeah. That that is the key thing. And right now, it looks to be that way. You know, as Bill Parcells used to say to all of us, let's not put this guy or that guy in in Canton just yet. But that's one. But everybody's been in such a euphoric state over Daniel Jones. Listen... How much has Dexter Lawrence improved the last couple of games? Yeah. How much has DeAndre Baker improved the last couple of games? X Man, you know X Man, yeah. and unfortunately the the young man got hurt. Ryan Connolly. All of a sudden these draft picks. Well, and everybody's like, y- you know what? Yeah, there was a plan. And Jabril Peppers. L- listen, Dave Gettleman w- does not make the deal. No, For Odell, unless he was getting Peppers back, that had to be part of the deal. Look at Josh's
1: comments about the offensive line that's been addressed and completely turned over into the roster. And when you think about that, these players getting the experience that they have now and that it's going to bode well for them in the future, getting Saquon in in 2018, Daniel Jones in 2019, and then going into this offseason with draft picks and where you're going to have pretty close to $100 million in salary cap to spend on veterans, you're setting yourself up and you had a game plan all along. Just because you didn't go out and say it and express it to people doesn't mean anything. You don't have to justify what you're doing
0: as long as you know and have a plan inside, which they do. This is not an I told you so, but Dave and I said it several times. Uh, This job, when Dave Gettleman took over, it was not going to be a job for a first-time general manager. It, it it was going to be a job for a guy that had to have the courage and the you know what to make tough decisions to make if they will if you would say unpopular decisions and not care about the criticism yeah. which he doesn't he doesn't it's not it's not that he doesn't care you, you know because sometimes when we say you don't care it's going to sound like he doesn't care about fans and that's the farthest no. thing for the truth but the point is he can't let himself be ruled by criticism he he just Criticism comes with the territory, so be, criticized all you want. That doesn't make you right, doesn't make me wrong, period. End of story. Let's go down to North Carolina, check in with our friend Phil. Hello, Phil. How are we doing today?
3: Can you hear me, guys? We got you, Phil. We got you, Phil. All right, good, good. I'm glad that Dave is on, one of my favorite players. Uh, But I want to revisit uh, an important concept I feel with drafting is positional value and uh, Russ, I got into a disagreement with you last year about. I said never. My rule of thumb with drafting is never take a running back in the first round. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I still I still uh, go by that theory because uh, you know certain other positions I feel are much more important. And if you got a good player, say at an offensive of tackle, versus a great player at a running back. Uh, it's not on the same page because often the tackle is critical, cornerback is critical, and quarterback. Those are the things that Ernie Corsey used to say. So,
0: right. um, so a running back is not critical.
3: Well, I, I, I've never been a
0: first-round proponent of a running back. Well, okay. well, well, Phil, you made your point before, so, so what are you adding to it now?
3: <laughs> well, I'm just
0: saying well, well,
3: two things. One is that look at the value of Daniel Jones in terms of quarterback
0: hold Phil, Phil, hold on a second. Hold on one second. Nobody is disputing. Clearly, the quarterback is number one. I mean, he's your most important player back there. He's he's the guy who's handling the ball on every play, okay? But Dave Gettleman had a plan. Maybe he didn't like the quarterbacks that were out there, so he went with that pick. And if, if you and I are going to sit here and discuss or argue over the credibility of the pick of Saquon Barkley, I think it's being silly. Well,
3: well, I agree with your first part, Russ, but I don't necessarily agree with you. Right, well, so thanks. You. He, he the the,
0: all right, He was the, Phil, he you was know, the rookie what what are, of the year. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean really Phil do me a favor do you have I I Phil can I ask you a question I, I'm not trying to be a wise guy uh, do, do, do you have a do you have a significant other be, because if you have a significant other Thank you very much, Phil. If you have a si- significant other, go I mean, argue, go argue with her. Yes. <laughs> my goodness. What, I'm banging my head against the wall. Uh, good point. Good point. Oh, my God. I, I, I mean, it, this was like right out of like the Charlie realm.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Saquon Barkley. Nah. 1,300 yards rushing his rookie season. Seven hundred and twenty with... <laughs> yards receiving his rookie season. <laughs> to, he just to, was. To... He was just behind Eric Dickerson and Barry Sanders for the total yardage in his first year. I, I'd say the investment worked out. You think? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you, you, how many years did you play in the league? You oh, know what a, you, you know a little something. Yeah. No. I, 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 play... I mean, oh my goodness gracious.
1: Oh, it's funny.
0: That that is priceless. <laughs> I mean, here we are. Is it because Saquon's hurt? Well, you know, you and I went at it before, Russ. Yes, we'll go at it again. All (laughs) of a sudden, you're feeling warm and fuzzy because now you feel you have a quarterback. Yeah,
1: and because Saquon's hurt, unfortunately. (laughs) You can't make it up. Are they a better football team with Saquon out there on the offense or not? Come on. That's
0: ridiculous. We'll we'll, we'll take one more quick call here. Let's go to David. David, we can't make it too long. What do you got for us in Connecticut, David?
4: Hey, guys. Uh. First-time caller, long-time listener. Uh, love you guys.
1: Um, well, love you too. You got a great name, David.
4: Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I've seen a lot in the news today about uh, Shaquan Barkley getting um, healthy quicker.
0: Uh, he was he, he was out running stopping. today, making cuts.
4: Yeah. Um, uh, how do you guys, Dave? How do you feel about this? Uh, you know, you, do you think? we should be airing on caution and and keeping them out or if the doctor says you're well to go in, uh, do you let them go in in a week or two if that's the case?
1: Uh, David, the one thing I will say to you is that the narrative that the media like to put out there is not close to what's taking place. He was off to the side running with the rehab people and he was doing things in, in a way that was just based upon where he was with the training staff and where he currently is. In no way, shape, or form is it indicative of exactly his timetable, when he's going to be back out on the field, and when he's going to be back to full health. They just were able to show pictures and videos of him out there cutting, and they've turned it into, oh, he's back That's so ent- much sooner than ever. These are all things, and this is the protocol that all injured players go through, and you know they're going to handle it with caution. Yes, as a football player, you have that warrior mentality that you can play through everything, but as I said earlier, Ronnie Barnes is one of the best trainers in the NFL, and he will not clear him till he knows that he is 100% healthy and can't do anything to re-injure it down the road.
0: And, and Ronnie, and thank you for the call, David. Ronnie uh, is a guy... He. He takes that attitude, if you're the last guy on a team, if you're the last guy on a practice squad. He
1: cares more about you as a person than anything with Without
0: question. Now, when you have a prize like you do in Saquon Barkley, well, you're going to be extra, extra, extra careful and cautious. So to me, folks, as David said, it was great. Not good. It was great to see him out running today. To me, it was great... When I saw him on his sideline uh, Sunday, even with the boot on, just walking, yeah. I thought it was great. But then, he, to me, if you would have told me he was just walking around today without a boot, I would have been happy. Exactly. So now he's doing some some running and a little cutting, but he's not doing it. He's not getting hit. He's <laughs> slow down. Yeah. It, it just means, hey, that's a good sign. He is progressing very nicely, and uh, that's what you want. You want your, your players all to be able to get out of the sick bay as quickly as possible, but they are, as you say, they're not going to rush him back. No. When he's ready, they will deem him ready. But right now, we are ready here to say goodbye. I want to thank everybody for being part of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com, as always presented by Coors Light. Our thanks to the lovely Mackenzie Ingram across the way, taking care of us at the controls. To so my big guy here, David Deal. And uh, I am Russ Salzberg. And big time thanks to you people out there because as I always say, without you people out there, we'd have nobody in here to be talking to. So till next time, have a good one.